everyone. Welcome to the show. This is episode 12 of the Back Row Steelers show. On this episode, we're talking my all-time favorite, favorite players on defense, broken down by each position. Next week, we'll be talking about my favorite players of all time on offense by position. Big, big thank you to Branson Thomas over at the Back Row Texans show for suggesting this uh, on the Twitter. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Um, it, it really kind of made me reflect on you know my history and how I feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers and some of the players. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, be sure to tune in next week so you can hear uh, my favorite offensive players of all time. Uh, it's going to be a good one as well. Hit me up at Steelers on Twitter and Instagram or email me at backrowsteelers at gmail.com if there's something you'd like to hear me discuss on the show. Before we get into today's topic, uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It helps uh, me, it helps this podcast get recognized and ultimately out to more Steelers fans, which is ultimately our goal. Share it with your family and friends as well. Again, word of mouth is just as good as uh, media promotion sometimes. So I appreciate you guys telling all your friends about it. Let's uh, really get this podcast being strong. All right, uh, I guess let's jump right into it here. We're going to start a defensive lineman. All right, this is going to kind of be any lineman, uh, including, uh, I guess, defensive ends as well. So just some people that moved around. I mean, like, people bounce around on the or on the defensive line all the time. So I'm going to go ahead and give you my favorite defensive lineman of all time. And I'm kind of upset I never really got to see him play. I wasn't really old enough. But uh, looking back on the Steelers and their history and everything, Mean Joe Green, that's my dude. He takes the cake in my book. This guy was a freak on the D-line. Ten Pro Bowls. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame. He was a core member of the infamous Steel Curtain. Yeah, Mean Joe Green put up put offensive linemen on the opposing teams through hell. He only missed nine games in 13 seasons. Think about that. How many players are, like, injured all the time, right? Nine games in 13 seasons. That's not a lot to miss, right? And 13 seasons of football with the Steelers, that's a long time. That's an eternity to spend on one team these days. Think about that. How many players stay on a team for more than, like, oh, I don't even know, maybe four or five years? A lot of the stud wide receivers, they kind of find, like, this is my team and that's where I'm at. But to spend 13 seasons with the team, that's just – craziness in that time he put up 78 and a half sacks that's a lot of sacks that's unofficially uh and i say that because sacks weren't a statistic until 1982 which is unfortunately the year after he retired um he also had 16 fumble recoveries i I wish they kept tackle stats then because this guy was a monster uh I, i encourage you all to watch his episode of a football life it was awesome watching him reminisce jump on there uh i think it's even on like on youtube you can watch a football life so check that out uh it, it's a really really great episode all right at linebacker my favorite stealer of all time is the one and only james harrison while not necessarily a good person james harrison was a great football player uh, i just loved his attitude and his presence on the field this guy came to pittsburgh as an undrafted free agent out of kent state in uh, 2002 After kicking ass year after year, this guy was the first ever undrafted free agent Associated Press NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2008. 
even though he bounced around from the Ravens and the Bengals and the Patriots, I, I think he's just a monster. He always had his heart in Pittsburgh. His head was in Pittsburgh. His heart was in Pittsburgh. He he just loved it. He kept coming back. So I, I literally got this is painful, guys. All right, all right, all right. I literally, literally two days before James Harrison went to New England, I I got his color rush jersey in the mail. I ordered it. I was so excited about it. I love James Harrison as a player. Two days before uh, he goes to the Patriots, I get his color rush jersey. I put it on. I got to wear it for one Sunday, and uh, uh, that was it. So it broke my heart when he went to the Pats. Uh, nobody likes the Patriots, let's be real. Uh, I, I, I literally could have cried. But I still have it. I still wear it. I still love James Harrison. The guy's pretty awesome on the field. Uh, watching his workout videos. I don't know if any of you guys have seen his workout videos on the YouTubes or anywhere else. His workout videos are nuts. That crazy ass is taking that muscle to the field and running people over and causing nightmares for quarterbacks uh, with a Steelers record of 80 and a half sacks. That's a lot, a lot of sacks. Uh, the guy was just an amazing athlete. Don't particularly care for his off-the-field shenanigans, but we're here to talk about why I love these guys as football players and not really anything else. All right, let's move on to my favorite corner or safety of all time in the Steel City. Who else? Troy Palamalu. Palamalu, man. In the famous words of the, the great Pat McAfee, that's Palamalu. Now, Palamalu was just a freak. Uh, he was so damn energetic and fun to watch on the field. Some, some of the stunts he pulled were just pure lunacy, like jumping over the defensive lines uh, just because he learned the cadence of the quarterback. Maybe, I don't know how he figured that out from playing safety and being in the secondary, but he figured it out. And it, it could have also just been he had crazy intuition, and uh, Ike Taylor kind of hinted, hinted to that when he was on the Pat McAfee show and said that, um, they used to call him Baby Jesus and joked that he talked to God to get the inside scoop on what the what play was about to happen. Uh, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. At, at one point, um, Troy Palomalu was talking about the, the the play against Pat McAfee that Pat McAfee was uh, – he talked about on his show. And, like, how did he know to line up in the C-gap? And he said, oh, my spidey senses were tingling. And he's like – Oh, we just kind of have this thing. We want to throw it out there and put it on film because we haven't really done this. And it was him playing the short side of the field in the C gap there. And it was just kind of happened to be at the exact time that the Colts were trying to run a, a fake field goal and try to run it in for a touchdown. But that kind of got screwed over and he wound up having to kick the field goal anyway. Yeah, Ike Taylor was on the Pat McAfee show and said that they used to call him Baby Jesus, like I said. Uh, <laughs> and it was funny hearing him talk about Troy Palomalu and all, all the stuff and just the, the intuition things that he had and said, like, how come we don't get none of that? And I guess he said that uh, Troy was like, you know what? Like, what I do is kind of on me. I don't want the rest of the team trying to do things and screw everything up for everyone. So if I mess up, it's on me. I don't want anyone else to have to worry about that. So that's pretty cool. The guy was, like, uh, very self-aware and uh, owned everything he did. He got his uh, first-time Hall of Fame ballot inductee, which is pretty awesome. Uh, he did definitely deserves his spot in the Hall of Fame for sure with 770 career tackles, 32 interceptions, 14 forced fumbles, 
two Super Bowls, and eight Pro Bowl selections. That's a lot. This guy did a lot of stuff. The main thing you cannot forget about with Troy was his hair. I'm pretty sure tons of men in the Pittsburgh area started using head and shoulders just because his commercials wanted some long flowing locks. I just picture a bunch of old dudes with like balding mullets out there like waving their hair around like Palomalu. Anyway, it's too funny to me. Uh, but Troy Palomalu was definitely, uh, he may be my favorite player in Pittsburgh of all time, just just in general. So, yeah, uh, Troy, I know you don't listen to this, but if you do, I love you, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome time. It was fun watching you play. All right, let me take a sip of this here beer. All right, we are going to move on to some current Steelers talk. I want to say thanks to uh, stillcurtain.com. I don't know if you guys have been on their website at all. They got a lot of articles on there, and they do a lot of hard work for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and reporting and making just like good good articles and stuff about like what the, the team could do, what they are doing, uh, interviewing some Steelers players and coaches. It's pretty cool. But I want to thank them particularly for some podcast material this week. Sometimes news is slow during the offseason. Uh, excuse me, the non-point scoring season. It's always football season. But they published an article about three potential players to trade before the 2020 or 2021 season. The first trade they speak of is trading the Steelers' 2021 third-round pick and Ryan Switzer to the Patriots for Dante Hightower. <sighs> While this would be an amazing trade, I don't think the author thought this through. Hightower's an alpha dog, top-tier linebacker, even at 30 years old. The Pats would need Pittsburgh to take on last year of his contract for this move to work, which, uh, oh, by the way, is around $9.9 million. Freeing up the money owed to Switzer would free up a whopping, y'all ready for this, $825,000. Yeah. That would bring the Steelers' projected cap space to around $7 million this year. Now, I don't think we're going to actually have $7 million or even like $6.1 roughly. Uh, that's what a lot of websites are saying. I, I don't think that we actually have that much room. So, uh, either way, it doesn't math well. And the Patriots don't even have the cap space to absorb the dead cap of $2.5 million that Hightower leave behind because they only have roughly $1.3 million in cap room right now. Now, while I love the optimism of the Steelers going to get a high tower because it would really solidify that linebacker core, and uh, he'd be a leader for sure on, on that defense. Like, Dante Hightower's a stud. Like, he, he'd be able to lead that defense and provide some extra guidance and, and learning points and everything for the current linebacker room we have, which is already, like, stud-filled. Why not fill them up with a bunch of extra knowledge? I, I like I like I like the optimism, but it's it's just not feasible for Pittsburgh to do. Uh, second, the second trade they had out here was, uh, and I, and I love this. I love their assessment of Antoine Woods from Dallas for a 2021 six round pick. Dallas has kind of already shown and expressed that they don't really need him or want him on the team. Now Antoine Woods is he he's pretty good, honestly. He's a nose tackle, and him being able to back up McCullers on the D-line would be just fantastic. Woods has had some off-the-field issues, but uh, he'd be a great fill-in at nose tackle. He's shown some flashes of greatness in Dallas and would be dirt cheap uh, for one year 
just to pick up at Pittsburgh and wouldn't cost much to keep him around either. Uh, looks it, it, it's if he turns out and looks like he's going to be a good fit there in Pittsburgh. Uh, and like they said in the article, he's a high risk, high reward potential that Pittsburgh should and honestly could take a flyer on. He wouldn't cost a whole lot, and it's something that would definitely bolster our D-line. All right, the last player trade they suggested was sending Vance McDonald to the New York football giants uh, for offensive lineman Kevin Zietler. I love this. I, 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 I love this. This portion of the article is so good. I, I like the suggestion because we just got Ebron, who's going to start over the often injured Vance McDonald for sure. Uh, the Giants have an often injured tight end in Evan Ingram, who I'm sure they would love to have a good backup for. Right now, uh, Wisniewski is the only left guard on the depth chart in Pittsburgh. And that's kind of scary and not going to work well for the Steelers if they have to start playing uh, musical linemen if Wisniewski goes down. We're going to have a, a lot of O-line problems if that's the case. Now, Zietler and Wisniewski are the same age and would have their contracts ending at the same time as well in 2022 at age 32. Uh, The only problem, again, is that pesky little thing called cap room. Uh, Zietler is owed $10 million this year and $12 million next year. Trading away Vance would free up $5 and $7 million over the next two years, respectively, but that would bring us just in under our cap ceiling. That's assuming that what the internet is reporting is our cap ceiling is accurate. I, I'm just not sure. Like I, I don't think the only way to make it happen would be to do some serious uh, restructuring, do some contracts. They could probably make it happen, and honestly, they probably should. I love this. Like Pittsburgh, are you listening? Are you li- Steelers organization? Are you listening? Trade Vance McDonald away. Go get Kevin Zietler. Get our O line some help. It's going to be the best move we can make for sure this offseason. Uh, I like this move a lot for Pittsburgh. Still, Curtin, th- this portion of the article was great. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody from there is listening. I really, really liked it. I read it, and, and I-, I appreciate the work you guys are putting in there to keep content, again, through this non-point scoring season. All right, uh, I think lastly we are going to cover a little Mike Tomlin news. Uh, Coach Tomlin has reported that he's kind of concerned about the condition of the field, and I think it should be a concern for all NFL teams uh, having to practice and hold camps in their facilities, and the concern being the wear and tear on the game fields. Now, like I said, Coach Tomlin has expressed some concern about it, and I understand why it's a concern. It just kind of sucks to play football on a shitty field. Nobody wants to play football on a shitty field. Some games have been canceled in locations because of unsafe field conditions. So let, let, let's not have that happen. NFL, I think, is being a, a pretty smart, honestly, about what they're doing. Uh, one, for handling the whole COVID thing. Two, for handling uh, and mitigating players' exposure to each other, players' exposure to the community. And it kind of sucks because right now, like, Pittsburgh, man, they used to go up to, like, their their training camp and they'd have fun and all the fans could go up there and watch them and do a bunch of things and interact with the team. And it's just not happening now. But all in all, I think most of us are okay with that as long as we get a football season. So fingers crossed for the football season. Uh, and, again, I don't think NFL teams are going to let their home fields get too torn up uh, and they'll figure it out. 
All right, well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, folks. Thanks again to Tim. I haven't thanked you in a couple episodes, buddy, uh, for the awesome, pretty kick-ass music, the intro and outro songs. It, it's it's pretty awesome that he did that for me. Uh, thanks again for, uh, again for the music. And for all you out there listening, thanks again for listening. Thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, and downloading these episodes. And... I will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time on the Back Row Steelers Show. Mr. Green? Mr. Green? Yeah. You, you need any help? Mm-mm. I, I just want you to know, I think... I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. A Coke and a smile Makes me feel good Makes me feel nice year-round That's the way it should be Thanks, Mean Joe. Smile.